Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. This is a podcast from Minute Media. Super excited to bring on a new co-host to the Windy City Chicago Bears podcast. I really appreciate, by the way, everyone who has stuck with this podcast, loyal to it through its various iterations, and now becoming a very heavy Chicago Bears podcast. I am going to be, by the way, covering the NBA draft tomorrow night, Bulls with that 18th pick uh, for my diehards I always give you a little bit of info that I'm following at the start of the show the Rudy Gobert Chicago Bulls rumors have been out there for a while and I was told that that was a real thing and now I'm being told that Rudy Gobert to the Bulls is still something that some in the Bulls organization want to do but it is not completely unified and perhaps perhaps allegedly I didn't I haven't talked to the head coach of the Chicago Bulls, but what I've heard is that Billy Donovan might not be as on board as some in the organization, which is interesting. Uh, that doesn't mean they won't go out and get Rudy Gobert in some trade package, but if I'm betting, I don't think the Bulls add a Rudy Gobert. That's my bet here on June 22nd, the day before the NBA draft. However, back to this Bears podcast. Herb Howard is awesome. He's been covering the team now for, I don't know how long, but a bunch of years. It's the Bigs is uh, where, and WVON Radio was his home, is his home, uh, before coming to DeWindy and being a contributor here, co-host. And uh, I think you're really going to enjoy Herb. Knows his football, has a fun perspective, and just an all-around good dude with knowledge. So that's what uh, that's what's up. And I'm excited to have him, and I think you're going to enjoy him. Bears minicamp, of course, last week. Three days of Justin Fields, sometimes looking good, sometimes not looking good. Matt Eberflus telling everybody on the way out, get your track shoes ready for training camp, which starts July the 26th, end of July. So the Bears are going to be pushed to be in the best shape of their life by the new Bears regime and... I don't know. We will discuss it all coming up here as far as the offensive line and a rookie out of Southern Utah being their left tackle, the most important position arguably on the field outside of quarterback itself. Who the hell is protecting our guy? Well, Braxton Jones might be getting that opportunity, which is just crazy, but that's where the Bears are at right now. And we'll find out a whole lot more a month from now, but that was like the biggest story coming out of minicamp. Here's a fifth rounder who is being elevated, surprising Braxton Jones, I'll play the audio coming up, that the dude was like borderline shocked that, yeah, I can't believe I'm getting this opportunity, but hey, uh, I have it, so I best go out and run with it. Uh, so the Bears are in flux, as they have been for a long, long time. Uh, we talk about it at the very end of the pod, uh, but just on the intro here, I do want to give my condolences uh, to the family of John Moon Mullen, who covered the Bears and was just a first-class person slash Chicagoan. Uh, passed away from pancreatic cancer. 
John Mullen was everything that you that people are writing about him online. He was a sweetheart. He was a professional. He was talented. He had a, it was just an easy listen. Like Moon was, so, he was just a relaxing, straight up like could have been hosting a jazz show uh, on WNUA back in the day, and then talking Bears. Uh, Moon passing away. R.I.P. Great, great, great man. And really was a huge credit to the Chicago sports media community. So uh, thinking about Moon as we start the show today. The Windy City Podcast starts right now. Showtime. I want to welcome in my guy who uh, we had on the show before. I was super impressed. And I wooed him with all my wooing <laughs> to make Herb Howard our new co-host on the podcast. So welcome, Herb. Thank you for accepting my offer. And I'm super happy to have you here, my friend. Carmen, it was a no-brainer, man. When you mentioned it to me, I'm like, let's do it for sure, man. So thanks for having me. I'm, I'm excited about it, for real. Yeah, give give a little background for those who don't know you. Uh, yeah, they should, sure. but but uh, let, let's 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 get the credentials out there. Yeah, no doubt about it, man. Again, my name is Herb Howard. I cover uh, the Bears as a beat reporter for the Bigs Media. Uh, born and raised, Chicago dude, Southside, lifelong Bears fan. Uh, I think that it is. Uh, I think it's a great a great opportunity, but also like a, a, a lifelong dream to be covering the Bears on a daily basis and kind of just bring uh, everyday Chicago perspective, you know, to that press room and to those press conferences. And, you know, that's the kind of attitude I, I, I approach the game, the, 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 my, my job with. I love the game of football. I've been around it for a long time. I know it quite well. And uh, we just kind of have fun with it and get the job done and, you know, try to bring the best content as possible. So I, I look forward to doing the same thing here. So... I first heard you, I think it was on the score with my buddy, Mark Grody. Yeah, shout out to Grody. Yeah, shout out to Grody. So I called up Grody. I'm like, who is Herb Howard? I've, I haven't heard the name. I was super impressed with with the appearance. He, he gave the love. And then, you know, I've been starting to cover the team since we started this podcast. And I used to cover back in the day, but now I'm out there all the time. And then here's my guy, Herb, who I didn't, I hadn't talked to you at that point. But you're firing questions. You're, you're, I mean, and good ones. And and early and often, like for people who don't understand Bears media, and this is probably you don't care about, I'm going to give you the story anyway. There's a certain <laughs> protocol, right? You've got your Brad Biggs. You've got your Dan Weederer. You've got your Patrick Finley. you got your Hub. you got your Adam Hogue. All my, you know, my, my guys who have been covering for a long time, and they tend to fire the first question. Uh, but here's Herb jumping in early because sometimes people are afraid to throw that first one out there and then it becomes a feeding frenzy everybody wants to get in and so herb's firing away i'm like all right i'm impressed and uh they were good questions so here we are and and why not i figure i figure why sit back and wait i think one of two things can happen you sit back and wait you either get your question stepped on or somebody else takes it or you just never ever get it out because Again, you do have so many people that have been established and have been doing such great work for such a long time, and they're just firing it out. Nobody's worried about the new guy, you know what I mean? And so they're getting their questions off, and you know, so I, I figured, listen, if we got that little bit of of silence at the beginning, or, or I can tell, you know, when the coach or player is about to be done with their introductory statement, I just fire my question out. Then I get my question answered, and I don't got to worry about it no more. <laughs> right, the voice has been out there. Question has been asked and answered. We're rolling. Yeah. Favorite bear of all time, Herb, and then we can get into uh, the news of Bears minicamp and where we're at right now. Favorite bear of all time. That is a phenomenal question. Uh, Personally, I would go with Mike Brown, actually. Mike Brown is probably my favorite bear of all time. Uh, Walter Payton was the first that popped into my mind, but that would have been, you know, based off lore and everything else. I I, I missed most of Walter's career, Um, and so that wouldn't have been, you know, based off, you know, firsthand knowledge, you know what I mean? Uh, certainly I'm aware now, but as somebody whose entire career that I actually had the chance to watch while I understood the game and knew it very well, Mike Brown would be that guy for me. So I love 30. I think it's a great call. And I think what you just named there is a very important characteristic for uh, the community that we're going to try to build here. Your your favorite player, it can't be somebody that you didn't see when you play. That's not you. I can't say that my favorite Hooper, not that I ever would, was Wilt Chamberlain. I right. can't. I can't say my favorite Bears quarterback was Sid Luckman. For I mean, for me, and it, and it doesn't have to be the best player on the team. It's who you identified with for whatever reason. Like I, I mean, I would say my all-time favorite Bear is Jim McMahon because he was just that damn fun and yeah. and, and and like. 
was of course he wasn't anywhere close to the player that Walter was, and or half the guys of that team. And anybody right. Yeah, you know, I you know, I do the Bears post game for seven years now on GN Radio with Dan Hampton. That's a that's a straight Hall of Famer, Hampton. And and Ham hates Jim McMahon. Well, I don't know about hates, but and his favorite guy. Let's 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 say it like that. That's fair. That's fair to say. We know that. So so hope Ham's not. I don't think Ham's watching the YouTube. Uh, but uh, anyway, that, that that's an important thing. I love I love the answer to, to to Mike Brown. All right, and hey, Chad is open. Jump on in. I appreciate you coming in here. Uh, Gonzo, you're the man as per always. And um, uh, who is this? Uh, Blade Braham Lincoln. Uh, I don't know if you uh, look at that. Uh, do you do you know do you know our guy Blade? Blade, I like your I like your moniker here. I like what I'm you're bringing. I'm not familiar, but I love the moniker for sure. Yeah, and we appreciate you, Blade. Become a regular. Hit that subscribe button. Shows going. We used to do Mondays at five. Now we're doing Wednesdays at five. We're gonna do a ton of shows around training camp, and and when the season rolls. Uh, we'll be doing all sorts of stuff. So one day it's going to be on us quick, man. It's going to get rolling here quick. And then it'll be, you know, training camp. Then it'll be like week 10 before we know it. It's going to get, it's going to get rolling fast. I, I know it. And uh, the Bears training camp schedule is out. You can get yourself to Hallis Hall. Uh, if you'd like to do that, of course, Herb and I will be out there uh, doing the media thing. But uh, I I mean, you guys can all find the schedule out there, but it starts up July the 26th, which is, uh, let's just call it a month from now. Yeah, but, no, last year they did like a lottery for fans to try and get the tickets. This year they are not doing a lottery. They're going to release them. It's kind of first come, first serve. But people get to come up there. Uh, I think they're doing parking like the Hawthorne Mall, and they're doing the free shuttle buses over to Hallis Hall because there isn't parking uh, for the fans at Hallis. But, yeah, I think I think they probably learned a lot last year. And Last year was the first time they had camp at Hallis Hall, and so there were some logistical things that they probably had a chance to work through. So I'm looking forward to what it looks like this year. I think the fans have a lot of, a lot of fun out there. Yeah, and I'll, I'll be shaking hands and handing out cards and doing uh, I'll, whatever. I'll, maybe I'll be speaking out. I'll pay you to subscribe to this podcast. That's how much I love you, and I'm <laughs> investing in you to come on over here uh, and make this a part of your week, month, whatever. But all right, Herb, let's let's talk about this. Yeah. What does success look like for the Bears in 2022? We were discussing texting with topics today, and I was like, you know, it, I'm thinking through is. If Fields plays well, is that a successful season? If the Bears win a bunch of games, is that a successful season? What happens if the Bears somehow win a bunch of games? Fields gets hurt in week three, and we got Trevor Simeon leading the way, and and somehow you make the playoffs. Would that be caught? Would that be a successful season? I think the answer to that is clearly no. Yeah. But so <laughs> right. So I, I'm not exact. I think it's an interesting question. Like, what does success look like for the Bears? What does success look like for Fields? Like. Uh, how are you answering that question right now on, on June the 22nd? Yeah, I think that going into this season is probably one of the most wide spectrums in terms of what the answer to that question is. Like, what is a successful season? Some seasons you can come into it and say, hey, we're trying to get in the playoffs or we're contending for a Super Bowl, whatever it may be. I think this season, there's such a wide array of possibilities for not only how the season, how the season could go, but what could actually be deemed as a good thing. Some people are like, hey, I want to win three games get as high draft pick as we can and be ready to go in 2023, 2024, and so on. And that's not a bad answer either. Some people are like, yo, I think we can, you know, get to the playoffs and make some noise. I think that's ambitious, but not a bad answer either. And then I think probably more realistically is somewhere in the middle where they're going to be somewhere around, you know, six, seven, maybe eight or nine wins. I think that's pretty much the range they're going to be. And I think that for them, success has to be tied to what does Justin Fields look like? Does he take that second does he take that next step forward in his second season in terms of his development can he make up for some of the deficiencies that they're gonna have just because they don't have a lot of weaponry weaponry around him if they if, if he's able to do that and even if they come in around six wins or so i still say that's a successful season so I, i'm with you on uh listen a justin fields being healthy b but but like i i don't put like i'm not saying that they can go winless or one win, two win, three wins for me to call it a success. Yeah. But as long as Justin Fields progresses and Gonzo, I like your take here. If the O-line protects him, I look at it as a success, like getting through the season and he's not hurt. Yeah. And, and so, and, and even if he sucks, like you have an answer, is this the guy that we have a clear defined, we either are looking for a quarterback next year, hopefully that will not be the case, and or he's played well and the Bears have won X amount of games. Like that, that works for me. 
you go ahead. Yeah, I, I think that how many questions can they answer for 2023? I really right. I think that's that's a great barometer for 22. Like how many questions did we answer for 23? Did we answer question that quarterback number one that has to be a yes or the season was a failure? Did we answer some questions on the offensive line? Do we have two, three, maybe four guys that we know are gonna be there next year? What do we what do we find out defensively? What do we find out about Jaquan Brisker? What do we find out about uh, Kyler Gordon? You know, how many questions for 2023 can we answer in 2022? Right, right. And let's go, Matt Eberflus. Take risks, Luke Getze. Let's find out. You know, I, it, I'm a little, I don't know if the word is concerned, worried. I, I wouldn't recommend the strategy of just trying to somehow, some way, whatever way possible, win games. You I, like the, you don't want to put the quarterback in front of the team, but I kind of feel like you got to put at least a little bit of the quarterback in front of the team because if you can develop him, it's like I would put it in the, I'd, I'd put it in the tennis terms, Herb. If you go out there for my tennis people and you just try to chip it around and somehow just push it over the net and beat whoever you're at, you're never going to get to be the player that you actually could be. And the right. Bears are not going to find out who they're going to be if they just try to nickel and dime and don't let Justin Fields play football. You got to live with mistakes and you got to let him actually develop into who he is, forego some wins to hit the big home run down the way, AKA the Super Bowl. That makes sense. Yeah. Not? No, that makes a ton of sense to me. Listen, if the Bears are going to win a Super Bowl in the next, say, four years, right? They're going to 22, 23, 24, 25. If they're going to win the Super Bowl in the next four years, Justin Fields may be the only person on this roster that you say he's certainly going to be on that team, right? If you guys start over at quarterback, you probably aren't going to win in the next four years. So if they're going to win in the next four years, he's going to be the quarterback. I don't know for sure that anybody else absolutely has to be on that roster going forward. I mean, you got the rookie class and that's a different situation. I love David Montgomery. There's some pieces that I like for sure, but I think Justin's the only one that you say, yeah, if we're going to win the Super Bowl in the next four years, he absolutely has to be on that team. And so, yeah, you have to make some concessions to see, okay, this is maybe not best for the team, but it's best for Justin. We got to find this out. We got to develop him in this area. And so I I, I wouldn't have any problem with Luke Getze and, and Matty Rufloos, you know, taking that uh, road sometimes. So along those lines, it's, it's interesting. The Bears, obviously, they're playing around the offensive line. It's making everybody nervous. Braxton Jones is from Southern Utah. He's a fifth round draft pick, which is completely crazy. I've got, and, and I've got, we got some audio coming up here from both Braxton and, and Justin Fields, but like that almost seems like a high end play. Like I, maybe, maybe they have nobody else around, but it's like, okay, we're going to take this dude who as a junior, you know, he was an NFL candidate and then apparently did not play as well as a senior uh, if you go back and like search Braxton Jones, there's quotes from Matt Nagy about him after his junior year. But mm -hmm. he's got these huge ass arms, 35 and 3 8 inch arms that apparently he's he's learning how to use more. I don't Just know. Just now you're... learning to use it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. I, I, so I'm not an offensive lineman, uh, arm length master, but mm -hmm. I, I did. You know, I I do know how to use the internet. So. I, I found out that Tevin oh, Jenkins, con conversely here, her, he, he's got 32 and 7 eighth inches arms. So call it three inches shorter, which is decidedly short from anyone who plays tackle in the NFL. Like Jenkins' arms like he should be a guard. I know everybody loves offensive line talk. Whereas Braxton, he, what his body and his, his arm length all fits to a guy that can play tackle. However, He's got a his his base his he's not super strong down there apparently he's right. got to work on that and listen the NFL in general they don't really miss left tackles let them go to the fifth round that doesn't happen every day so if I'm Justin Fields I'm like you sure you're gonna this is the dude who's gonna be protecting me against the best players in the NFL that's freaking scary that is very very scary and it's also very very concerning when you talk about Tevin Jenkins and I know you know the arm length and that was certainly some of the things that we heard you know, uh, from Ryan Poles when he first got here. He talked about things like armless. He talked about their ability to move. And so I think that maybe Braxton Jones fits more of the left tackle that he would want 
But I think it's a red flag when you have a guy like Tevin Jenkins, who was a second round pick last year, and then already he's running with the tools and he's not entrenched with that first group. And maybe you are considering moving him to guard. Maybe that is maybe that is the plan. And maybe that is his best position. You talk about him not having the really long arms like you see for the tackles. Maybe that's his best spot. But I think that whatever they're going to do, they need to kind of get it figured out quickly. Because, again, this thing has to be about how much can Justin develop and force it truly be able to see that development he needs some security in front of him so you asked fields about this by the way i actually have the clip because and, and before i play it like how concerned do you think fields is with his offensive line right now if we if we if we put him on the lie detector test hey hey justin they got braxton jones over here you know borum and jenkins from last year they got that dude on the second team they moved your center over here you got this lucas patrick guy who they're acting as like a, right. a hall, you know, a, a right. hall of like famer. He's he's, he's Olin Cruz right now, like <laughs> right, like, right, like this this dude got signed for two years and eight million dollars. If you judge things by how much he costs, that's not an elite center or anywhere close. So if you put him, you know, lie detector test, he, he's got to be he's got to be concerned, right? He's got to be concerned. He's got to look around him and be concerned all over the field. He looks in front of him. He doesn't see any all pro offensive linemen. There isn't one. There probably isn't going to be one out of this group. I don't see any of these guys kind of really developing into that now we talk about Braxton Jones or Tevin or Larry and maybe we'll see but you look at him right now there isn't anybody that you say that's an absolute stud I feel so safe behind this guy we don't have anybody like that at any point on the offensive line and so that has to be concerning for you as a quarterback especially when everybody's going to put the weight of the world on your shoulders and if you're behind that offensive line that can't make you feel too comfortable then you look outside what am I working with out here not a whole lot. <laughs> also doesn't make me feel very comfortable as the quarterback. And so it's like, while this thing is going to fall on me and David Montgomery behind me, not a whole lot to work with. I'm sure if, you, if, we, if we could hook him, hook him up to a lie detector test, he would be concerned. We're, uh, I'm going to play fields here on, on that O-line, but were you there the, the day that uh, Byron Pringle spoke? I was not there that day. Okay. I didn't think you were. Uh, Byron Pringle on this day, just a side note here. They, they, the, he got caught doing donuts with a kid in the car, and the media is asking him about it, and he doesn't want to talk about it at all. And I get it; like, there's a lot worse things that uh, have happened in the world than that. And I, I, and also, like, don't put yourself in that position all at the same time. But he just smiled through all these questions about it, and and was just trying to get through as best he could, and not not get heated at the media. I felt like I was watching the movie Get Out. Uh, it was, it was, it was so weird. I mean, he's just like, I'm like, you know, you can get angry at this. Like they're pushing you over and over. Hey, right. listen, I ans asked and answered. You got anything else? Like it would, it would have been fine in my, uh, in my mind if he had gone that route, but he just smiles. Like I I'm, I'm, I'm here to play. And, and, yeah. I'm, and I'm like, I, I, I felt, I felt like I was in get out, but all right, here, here, here's Herb and, 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 uh, and Justin Fields last week on, on the O-line. I know it's the time of year where they're kind of moving a lot of people around on the offensive line, trying to see who fits where, who can play different spots. But for you, how soon would you like to see that kind of group get settled and, and go with the path that it's going to be? Um, I'm not in a rush. Uh, I think we have a lot of time, and you know, at the end of the day, it's whoever does the job the best. You know, it's, it's going to be the best fit for us. So I'm, I'm not really in a rush to see who's playing what position on the O line. So I think right now it's all about you know us developing, uh, us learning the system, and us you know getting better each and every day. So you're looking out for him. Hey, dude, they got to decide this. They, you, you know, I'm worried about you, my man. You're, you're, you're the key to the whole franchise. And he's saying, eh, I, I, hey, I, I'm, I'm in no rush. Be because I think he's looking around like, hey, man, these guys right now, they, they, I don't want to, I'm not ready to anoint him as a starter. So I, I'm, I'm in no rush. Let's see who develops here. Let's take our time because no one's standing out. That's how I read it. Yeah, I mean, I think there's two ways to look at, you know, competition, right? Either, either you got a lot of good guys or you don't have any good guys, right? And I think that that's probably closer to the latter than it is the former. I don't know that they have a lot of competition because nobody is standing out. Nobody is head, head and shoulders above anyone else. Lucas Patrick is going to be there. Cody Whitehair is going to be there. I don't know anything else about this offensive line in terms of definites. And so um, I don't think that Justin does either. And so I think that, you know, it, it's really, really nice and refreshing to hear him say the right things. He's never going to, you know, throw his teammates under the bus. He's going to take accountability for things. And I love to hear that from the quarterback. That's what he has to say. But in his quiet moments, he's got to be like, these are the five? These these are my guys? Okay. Okay. 
All right, y'all are asking a lot. I appreciate, by the way, that we have switched out the coaching staff. I like this. I like the flus. I like Luke Getzey. I like the fact that he's been hanging with Aaron Rodgers. And and by the way, I don't mind having Byron Pringle around here either. A dude who's I, I he's got. I would think he's asking some Patrick Mahomes questions. Uh, his performance, by the way, fields at minicamp. Sometimes it looks phenomenal, and sometimes it doesn't. Uh, so this was this was just on how mini camp went. This was after one particular practice, but this basically sums up, I think, in essence, how the whole three days went. But all right, of course, you know, um, right now I, I, they're throwing a lot at us. They're pretty much throwing the whole playbook at us, which is good right now. But of course, there's going to be mistakes. But um, you know, we'd rather have the mistakes come right now than you know later in the fall camp. So um, yeah, they were just talking about how pretty much right now they're just putting a lot on us, which is you know good. So we're learning everything, and you know. Um, you know, learning from our mistakes and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's 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 definitely, I think it went well, you know. I mean, of course, it could have went better, but, you know, that's what for, uh, that's what tomorrow's for. So one thing about him is he, he, if things aren't going right, he doesn't seem to freak out. He throws a pick like, hey, done that before. Uh, I'm not, He his confidence level, even if things aren't going the way he exactly wants, and that happened at minicamp, he he's moving forward, so that's a, that's a quarter, that's a quality you want in your quarterback. It's definitely a quality you want in your quarterback. He's got to have that short memory. He's got to believe that no matter what happened on the last throw, the next throw is a touchdown or a first down or at least a completion, right? And I think that he has that kind of mentality. He has that kind of belief in his ability. And why wouldn't he? He's been the best player on the field since he's five years old. And so I don't, I wouldn't expect his mentality to change now that he's in the NFL. Now you gotta got you gotta put the production with that. And that's not all on him, right? That was about the coaching regime regime last year. That was about the offensive line play last year. It's going to be about some of those things this year as well. But in terms of his belief, I don't think we'll ever see his belief and his ability waver at all. And I think that's a very good thing. Yeah, yeah, we need it. Shy City Soldier, Herb's the best. Always ask relevant questions. That's 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 you're absolutely right. Salute, Shy City. I appreciate that. Shy City, we we love you. Uh, and uh, let's see what else we got going on here. I love the chat. Uh, okay, so you want to? I'd say go cheap at a vet like Daryl Williams and plug him in at right guard. Uh sure. Listen, I, right. I, I I don't have any good answer for how they're going to do this. Listen, every every football team right now has 90 players on it. You're not going to find a, a stud. But last year, Jason Peters was on a fishing boat. They went out and got him, um, and and he was actually probably their best offensive lineman. I I if they if and I don't know Dakota Dozier was supposed to be a player. He ends up getting on the card at minicamp, and who knows if he'll ever be back. They, they get, listen. They need help. I, to me, to me, it's move Jenkins inside, let him play right guard, and see if he can do it. Because I think it's getting pretty clear that he can't play either one of those. So let's just try him. At, let's try and see if we can salvage something from this dude who you traded up to get, albeit in another regime. I think that was a, a great disservice that the previous regime did to this one. Now, obviously, they were trying to save their jobs, and you know, tr- they weren't worried about 2022. But I think that the moment that Larry Borum and Tevin Jenkins were healthy, they should have been out there getting every single snap. And, you know, kudos to Jason yeah. Peters for the way he came in and played ball. He played more than serviceable ball for the Bears. And to do that at 39, 40 years old, kudos to Jason Peters, right? But I think that the moment those two young guys were ready, you should have said, hey, JP, thank you so much for all you've done here. You're welcome to stay if you want to stay. You can go home if you want to go home. We'll give you all the money that you've earned. But we got to see what's up with these kids. we got to find out if these are the two guys going forward. Because if they are not, then the Bears should have been in the offensive tackle market this offseason, free agency, and in the draft. But because they didn't know, they kind of went in assuming that these two guys maybe could do it, and they found out pretty quickly that one of them probably can't. Right, right. And, okay, and we're going to find out for sure going forward. I think to the point, the way we started the pod, answers are going to be – I, that's how Eberflus has got to be looking at this. We're, he's been, and that's how he's been going about his business. We're going to try you over here. We're going to try you over. We're going to fit out. We're going to figure out the combinations. I don't know these dudes as well. We didn't draft you. Uh, I'm sure Poles is saying that put him over there. I wouldn't have picked this guy. Um, yeah. you know, <laughs> I mean, I, I ain't married to none of these dudes. I don't care. Like, okay, you, you, you go over there. Okay, go over there. We'll see. Right. And yeah. if not, then it's fine. Nobody's going to hit the panic button on Poles nor Iberflus after this year. They're going to get at least a one- or two-year kind of reprieve to just see what they can get in place, how how they can kind of lay their own foundation. And so they aren't married to any of these guys. And so, yeah, put them out there and see if it doesn't work, we'll get rid of them. Did you see the uh, Mike Tomlin interview that's making the way around social media today? I have today? not. I have so not. It, there, I, I haven't watched the whole thing, but there are some clips that I that – I, uh, 
saw. And Tomlin was asked about dudes who, you know, their their evaluation was he's got bad hands or he doesn't run routes right. And he's like, that's what coaches are here to do. If you use that as an excuse, then that means you're running away from your job. So, right. you know, I, I don't look at that as a negative. I look at that as coaching. And I heard a whole lot the last four years about coaching and the Bears and lack thereof. So mm -hmm. it's, I, it made me think, like, Flus is going to be a guy that's going to – he's going to coach you up, man. They're, they're Nicholas Morrow, whoever you want to pick, they're, they're picking out a bunch of guys who he thinks that will fit into their – Hits philosophy, and they're gonna and they're gonna work them. I, I so I don't want to be too Eberflus excited, and I've also referenced Jim Boylan when I'm talking about him when he says some things. But I I do think there's a the philosophy that he's coming with is the right one, especially when he says get your track shoes on going into training camp. Like, hey, we're gonna we are going to work you. That's what's coming. Yeah, you got to be able to coach guys up. You got to be able to at least get the most out of them. Whatever their ceiling is, you got to get them to their ceiling. That is the coach's job. That's the trainer's job. That's everybody in the building's job to get the get these players to their maximum potential. Now, obviously, there's varying degrees of maximum potential, right? And so I love Mike Tomlin. He's my favorite coach in the league. But let's not let's not sell a bill of goods to nobody here. Like, if, if, if somebody's not very good, they aren't very good. I don't care who's coaching them. You can get them to his ceiling. His ceiling still may be pretty low. And so I don't know how many high ceilings that Eberflus has to work with. Now, I do think that he'll get them to their ceiling. Now, their ceiling may be on par with the floor or wherever, but <laughs> right. you know, I, I do think he'll get them to wherever their ceiling is. I'll give them that much. Yeah, which is all you can ask. And they, that was a follow-up question. Like, hey, well, when do you know to punt on a guy? He's like, look, I go 100% coaching them as, as long, for as long as I can. And at some point, it just kind of becomes obvious. Like, th this dude is not bad. We put everything into it, and that's it. Dan Levy, who uh, is my buddy, talk is cheap. What's your prediction for this Bears season? How many wins? You I, I am at eight and nine, Levy, if you want a, if you want a prediction today. But listen, uh, that's, you know, I mean, what the hell do we, you know? No one knows. Uh, uh, but, Curb, go ahead. Throw out a number if you want. No, no, I'm, I'm, I'm at eight and nine, nine and eight. That's, that's exactly where I am, too. I think they'll come in right around that 500 mark. And I think that that will be a good – I think they'll be competitive. I think I, I don't think they're going to be embarrassing themselves. I don't think we'll see them getting beat by 30 and 40 points or anything like that. I think they'll be competitive in all of the games. I think they won't beat themselves because they'll have uh, they'll have strong coaching that is going to be holding them accountable and, 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 and uh, emphasizing discipline. So I don't think they'll beat themselves. And I think they'll have a solid defense and a good running game. So I think they'll, they'll be competitive. But I'll say eight, maybe nine wins is, is about – where I see them coming in at. Yeah, and listen, we got smart people out there who know football like Lewis Riddick who think that the Bears are going to be the worst team in the NFL. So, and that's on the table. Fields is bad. The offensive line sucks. You got one impact player on defense, Kyler Gordon, the the cornerback rookie at pick 39 and Brisker at 48. Maybe they're good down the line, but not ready right now. They, they could be terrible. It, it's on the table. Um, Gonzo, you want to know what uh, are the Bears fully confident Fields is their guy. Are you guys confident he is? Uh, I'm. It just makes me. My head hurts answering this question. I think. Uh, I think the Bears have to be right. The Bears have to be confident, even though again they aren't married to him either. They didn't pick him, right? But I think they have to be confident that he is the guy going forward. I actually am. I. I like Justin Fields. I like. I like his his physical makeup. I like his mental makeup. I think he has all the physical tools. I think he has the arm talent to make every throw you need to make. We saw some of those really, really elite level throws last year. His ability to get the ball up over linebackers, down in front of safeties, his back shoulder, his ability to throw the ball on the run. We saw his arm talent, and we know what he can do with his legs in terms of his athletic ability as well. So I like everything he offers physically. Mentally, I think he has the makeup to handle it. I don't think it'll be too big for him. He's played on the biggest stages in college. I think he loves the game. I think he wants to be good at it. So I'm sold on Justin Fields. I think the Bears have to be. Um, if both of us are wrong, they'll be hitting the reset button real soon, and that'll be bad for everybody. I, I think the Bears do uh, – well, here, two, two, one. I'm not as high as Herb. I'm a little more – I'm a more of a skeptic to this to, to this point. However, one moment in minicamp that I really loved, he's scrambling to his left, okay, and he's, he's, uh, and, and he's right in front of us, and he ends up slinging the ball out of the end zone. And I'm sitting there like, terrible throw, held onto it forever. What the hell was that? 
And then I hear him because it was right in front of us saying to, I forget who the receiver was, uh, but he's like, I want you. He's like, oh, stay right there. I was trying the way he was moving around. He was, he was trying to move the safety is what he was explaining to the wide receiver. And so maybe this is more basic than I'm making it out to be. But here's a dude that's on the move to his left. Yes, it's Bears minicamp and everyone's wearing shorts, but he was trying by his body to deke the dude in the end zone to get his guy open. I don't think Mitch Trubisky could have ever had that thought in his life. So, so that whole, like just hearing him explain to said receiver, my apologies for not putting that down on my notes and having it for today, but it doesn't matter. Like for him to have that, I'm like, okay. So this, like that, that to me, that's operating on another level. So I'm like, all right. Okay, my guy, let, let's go. Uh, that, 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 was, that was a positive moment in time. And I think, listen, I think the Bears love Fields' personality. I think that is very clear. They have gone, they've been tripping over themselves to talk about how hard he works and his leadership. So I think all that is there. And, if, uh, you know, I, I think that they, right now, there's, they, I think they probably believe that given the proper coaching, that he is going to get there. That's, I think that's what they would say if, if we put him on here right now, in, in, in all honesty, is how they would say it. Yeah. Yeah, I think they have to. I, and I, I believe the same thing. And I think that, you know, those small things like you just mentioned, I think those things absolutely matter, right? Him yeah. being able to roll to his left, but also understanding that I have the arm ability to be able to make that throw if I can manipulate the safety with my eyes, with my body language. Now all I need is a receiver on the same page <laughs> as me who will sit down in that hole and stop flowing over the top. Like, just, and, right. not, and I'll just throw it out of bounds, which I also like, right? If, if, yeah. if, if you aren't doing what I need you to do, I'm not going to force that in there and turn the ball over. I'm just going to throw it away because, let's face it, the Bears aren't going to win games offensively this year. The defense is going to be ahead of them. The running game is something they're going to have to lean on. They're going to have to play strong special teams, take the ball away defensively. You can't put the ball – in harm's way unnecessarily as an offense. So if your guys aren't there, throw it away. There's nothing wrong with punting this year. Yeah, and so now now we're in the, is that the best way to develop him, though? Like, hey, dude, we're going to be super conservative. We're going to hand the ball to David Montgomery 25 times or 20 times or whatever. We're going to get uh, Tristan Ebner in there. We're going to, we're, 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 we'll, Valus is going to touch the ball in the backfield, and we want you to get, but that's another one uh, before I forget on Bayless. He, his knock in college was that he was not the best at catching the football. And mm -hmm. there was, there was one, now he's, uh, we've seen the speed. This dude is fast. And it uh, translates to the fast. field. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's there a hundred percent. Um, but he, there was one ball in minicamp where it was kind of a jump ball and he was sort of awkwardly going backwards and, and he dropped it. And I'm like, okay, that's why you're you weren't at further up than where you came and even the bears by most measures overdrafted him so mm -hmm. i i'm not saying the guy's not going to be able to help him but if you're expecting bayless jones to be an elite wide receiver coming out or going up and making it's not him i'm, I'm i don't want to bell boil it down to one play but it, he looked that awkward that there's no way that just goes away overnight and that he's going to be some dude that's flying through the air making plays in the back of the end zone i'm just you're you're, you're agreeing with me no, that's not going to happen. He's a guy who you can find ways to get the ball in his hand and allow him to use his top-end speed. He has that type of speed, and it's not just track speed. It's not just running the 40 at the combine. It translates onto the field. You can see his speed on the grass. He has a different gear than most guys out there. But unlike a guy like a Darnell Mooney or Marquise Goodwin or any of those guys that we've tried to bring in for speed over the past you know, three or four years, he has size to go along with it. This is not a small guy. This is a well-built, strong kid who can not only uh, run with speed, but he can actually break those tackles because he has that kind of size. And so I think that he can use those things. But no, expecting him to just be this elite-level receiver, no. What you want to do is get him out in space. And you say, okay, if you leave him uncovered in the slot, we'll just swing it out to him. Let him go pick up six yards every single time, and maybe he'll bust that six and take it 80 with his speed. But in terms of him mastering the route tree or competing for 50-50 balls in the air, no, nah, that's not where he's at right now. That that that's, It's not. And and for the record, I heard saying that he's – this he is stocky. He he is strong. Mooney right. is – Mooney's 160 pounds, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Ve Valus is, is – he's not 6'4", he's 6 feet, but he is a big dude. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, 
Jake Capone, let me get you back in here. Uh, what do you guys think of Tyler Gordon's uh, potentially being a slot corner? Uh, I love it. I, I, I don't. I'm, but I'm just drinking the Kool Aid right now. I gotta see. I have to see a whole lot more to really know. But I, I believe in. You've read a million comments from uh, and reviews that he was the best corner at, at Washington, and they had studs over there. So uh, I'm optimistic there. I, I and I, I mean, we that better be the case because if Ryan Poles got that wrong, that's not a good start. You know, he has to be your starter day one. He has to be your number two corner on the outside day one. Now, I think the question was about his ability to play inside in the slot. I know he has some precision, some positional versatility to where he can do that. But I asked defensive coordinator Alan Williams specifically about that. Are you guys going to cross-train him so that he can do both? And he's like, no, not right now. Right now, we see him as an outside corner, and we're going to try everything we can to make sure he's ready to play outside on day one, right? And so I think that trying to cross-train him and trying to learn the slot, I think some people don't understand that the nickel corner is one of the toughest positions to play on the field on either side of the ball. There are just so many responsibilities. You're in the run game. You're in the passing game. You're a pseudo linebacker, pseudo corner, kind of a safety, kind of a rusher off the edge. Like, there's just a lot going on, a lot you got to know. And I think that would be a lot to put on his plate when you need him to be your number two corner. And that's the biggest concern for me with Bayless, too, because I, I like what they're saying you know, hey, you are going to play there. And by the way, that's a huge lift, right? I mean, you're, we're not, we're not, it's, this is not going to be an easy job for you. Valus, uh, yeah, we want you to return kicks. We might have you doing punts. We might use you out of the backfield. We might line you up in the slot. In fact, we might even line you up wide. Like, how's the, <laughs> that's a lot for an elite first round draft pick to come in and do. Here's a guy who's been a wide receiver for really one season in college football. Granted, he's 25 years old and he's got a little more, you know, overall experience under his belt. But like that, I think it's a big deal just to figure out. Like let let's let's not completely spread this guy too thin, so we get very little. Let's let's actually get some real value in one particular area or two particular areas. Yeah, I do think you kind of just put him back there, let him return kicks. You give him some packages offensively say here's where you're going to be in this package this is what we're expecting you to do in that package let him master those things and then you can get him the ball in those areas and you can have you know different things off of that so it's not you know a, a, an immediate alert as soon as he comes on the field about what's going to happen but i think overloading him that that's tough on any rookie that's tough on any rookie now granted like you said he's an older rookie he's 25 years old he's got some more experience and i do like his mental makeup he seems to be all about football like yeah i'm not i'm not outside i'm not part i'm not the club or anything i'm just i'm not that kind of guy and i believe him when he says that i think he is just a football guy is gonna you don't believe it i, I just thought it was funny he's, he's gonna like he's gonna be down on rush street well come on you're in the nfl you're making real paper right now you're telling me that you're like you're doing nothing and then he and then that's I'm, I'm just listen you're allowed to live your life you don't need to be in a dorm room uh you know, 24 seven, I, you don't need to be going out and getting hammered either, but you can go right. enjoy yourself, go have yourself a nice dinner, drink a couple of glasses of wine. It's okay. But I just thought I, what I was really laughing at is he's like, I'm not young. Like these dudes, dude, you're 25 years old. I'd kill to be 25. You're young. You're super young. And you're, and regardless of like with money. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah, like regardless of chronological age, you just got paid. You're a rookie in the NFL. Like, Come on, don't, you're not you're not you're not a vet yet. I, I don't care how old you are. <laughs> I thought that was ridiculous, um, but good on him. Like, hey, listen, maybe he's he has a singular mindset. Like, I'm not gonna mess this up. You're not gonna. There's gonna be no cell phone videos of me on Rush Street or wherever. Uh, that that's cool. Uh, Dan Levy's just needs needs all the details. Say so in your minds, what would make this season a success? We started the show with this Levy. Uh, Fields upright. Fields getting a whole lot better. I don't care about the number of wins. Herb, you want to answer it again? Yeah. I, how many questions for 2023 can we answer in 2022? Like, is Justin the guy? He has to be, right? So if, that, if we can answer that question in the affirmative, good. Can we solve some answers on the offensive line? Good. Who's going to be playing defense in 2023? Who's going to be playing wide receiver? So for me, it's about how many questions can we answer going forward? And the more questions they can answer going forward, the better. Justin Fields is number one, head and shoulders above everything else. And then everything else just kind of falls into place after that. Right. It'd be sweet if they were competitive. That would make things more fun. 
However, if they're not and the quarterback's getting better, it's still a it's still a good year. Uh, Gonzo, I just have a feeling the Bears are going to panic a wide receiver and sign a Julio Jones. I think they would have done it already, but you know, and people are are, are they going to trade for Kenny Galladay? I don't see it, and, and I I have a weird um, obsession that's building that I don't even want to admit this on the show, but I, but I'm going to do it. Uh, no, oh. his name we already have him. Uh, that's right, Chris Finky. Uh, <laughs> Chris Finky has it going on. My my, I am I am excited about the walk on to Notre Dame who hasn't played a day of NFL football, Herb. Uh, who was a Niner, and then the Chiefs signed him, so Poles knew him a little bit. But I, I don't know if you've been paying attention to Finky running around out there, but the dude looks like he's solid to me. So the sixth wide receiver, Chris Finky, is going to shock somebody. This You don't think so? Okay, okay. I'm it's just, always one of these guys. It's always a Dane Sansenbacher or something like that. It's like, <laughs> oh, he's going to be – no, he's not. He's not. <laughs> He's not going to be anything, okay? He's going to be a training camp darling. There's always one every single year. It's like it never, ever pans out. Who was the guy who had the big preseason for the Bears last year? Number 13 or 18? Uh, who might? Uh, what was he? 13, 18, tall, slim, black guy. I, I can't remember. I can't, that's, my point is there's yeah. always one of these guys, and then two weeks into the season, you don't even remember who he was. It's like, like no, that's, that's not truth. It's not gonna happen. I, I can't. I can't pull it last year. That's a bad job by me. But I, me I'm, 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 I mean, I'm, I'm out here liking Chris Finky's likes. I liked three of them. Finky at Slippery Fox Ten May Eleventh. If there's two things I am, it's a man who hates to stain his shirt and a man who stains his shirt. Offense. Shout out Tide to go. I'm with you, Finky. Uh, that that's. I go out to dinner. It, it's trouble. Uh, Finky, I I feel you. And more Finky. Uh, I've been thinking about it, and almost everyone out pizzas the hut. I'm with you, Finky. I'm with you. Pizza Hut's terrible. I'd eat, I, I'd eat it, but you're you're spot on. Like out pizza the who's not out pizzing the hut? It's we're in Chicago. And then Finky, April 25th, PED test tomorrow. Feel like a photograph of me would suffice. I'm with you, Finky. <laughs> <laughs> I like that one. I like that. Right, like hey, listen. I mean he's. But he he okay. We'll we'll see. I just wanted on the record that that I am, and I I tweeted it last week. I am I am on the Chris Finky surprise me bandwagon. Um, I'm on the Daz Newsome surprise me bandwagon. Okay, I, that that hey, I'm I like Daz Newsome too. I I thought we were gonna get more from him last year, but uh, there's something like I'm like I'm keep on looking like who is 17? Oh, it's Chris Finky. Who the hell is Chris Finky? Oh, he walked out at Notre Dame. I got the uh, you know he had. Uh, his I got all the credentials here for you. He, he had uh, what 456 receiving yards on 31 catches in 2019. Oh, yeah, <laughs> 106 passes for his career. He caught 1,251 yards, eight touchdowns. He rushed Herb for 22 yards on seven carries. That's a that's a little over three yards a carry. Damn it, Chris Dam thinking. Yeah, moving it. <laughs> he's moving guys, it. He's 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 straight scooting. I think everybody uh, at Soldier Field just wants to yell Rudy a couple of times. I really think that's all it is. Yeah. Everybody at Soldier Field just wants to go Rudy a couple of times. That's what he said, right? But okay, but, but, um, hey, listen, Tom Waddle was very popular. He's still doing radio, and uh, you know, the, shout ah. to Tom Waddle. You know, yeah. he could ball a little bit. Yeah, he, no, he could certainly catch it. Uh, Gonzo the Beast was a huge Chiefs fan. Can you all give us Robert Quinn already? I listen when I do stack in the box with Matt Verderam, you you know this, Gonzo. I I'm real I am ready to make that deal for the Bears and the Chiefs. Y'all need a pass rusher, the Bears need draft picks. Third round pick, let's go. Uh I, I'm not sure what the holdup is here. Maybe what wh why do you think Robert Quinn is still a bear? Because if you're willing to I mean, there's gotta be somebody out there that will give a draft pick for him, I would think. Yeah, I guess it would it depends on the offers, right? I, maybe Poe just hasn't seen an offer that he thinks is worth giving him up for, or he thinks that the price will go up as we get closer to training camp. Listen, it's football. You wait. Somebody's going to do a knee. Somebody's going to do a shoulder or an elbow. You know what I mean? It's not, I don't mean to put that on somebody, but it's the game. Somebody's going to do something, and then the price is going to go up on anybody who is available at that position. And so I think that Poles is kind of waiting, 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 and push come to shove. Why not keep the Bears single-season sack record guy? It doesn't matter. Let him rush the edge. Let Travis Gibson develop, and I think that it could be a good thing. I don't think that um, Robert Quinn is going to come in here not raise the ball. You got you. You know how he is. He's just like, eh, eh, eh. 
when the ball goes up, he'll kind of just roll out of the bed and come get a few sacks. Like, this is kind of how he is. So I'm not really worried about him. But in terms of getting rid of him, if the compensation is right, I would definitely pull the trigger on it. I just think that to this point, it must not be. I'm just confused. What's his beef? Why didn't you, you just don't think you need minicamp? Are you pissed off at the, that this is a rebuilding team? The Bears paid you $30 million guaranteed. You didn't even show up in year one. You had two sacks. I Granted, you were phenomenal last year, and you are a vet, but, like, I just don't get the beef. Yeah, I don't, I don't, know, I don't know that it is a beef. Just like, just okay, like, maybe it's not. Just like in, in watching him and talking to him, he just seems like, just like, uh, you know, I'll show up when I, I need to. I know my body. I know what it takes for me to get through a full season. I think that he's somebody who's probably, you know, nursing his back and trying to get himself together. And I think that when it's time, He'll show up and he'll be ready to go. I just I don't I don't think he's like a diva type of guy who's like, oh, I'm right. upset about this. He doesn't seem to be that kind that type of guy. So I think he's just kind of doing his own thing, getting himself ready to go. And when the time comes, he'll show up and he's gonna be a four three DN. That's what he was to start his career. That's what he's played most of the time. So he'll come in, he'll rush the pasture. I think he'll do fine um, when he comes. I don't know that he has a beef. I think he's just a different kind of cat. I mean, you got to be a different cat to, if you don't have beef, to willingly get, I don't care how much money you've made. It cost him 14 G a day to not show up. 14,000. Like he, uh, Carm, that's, that's what I'm saying. Have you seen this dude? <laughs> like one day last year, I literally asked him, like, dude, why do you, like, what's up with the hair, the shoes, the sweat? Like, what is up? Like, like, man, I don't know. I just, you know, I just like, <laughs> like, that's just kind of how he is. It's like, Okay, man, whatever. I don't even think he knows he's rich. Like, I don't even think he knows. Like, he, I think he stays in, like, a studio somewhere and just, like, I don't think he cares. I don't think he cares okay. at all. Well, that's what that's what Travis Gibson said about it. He's like, why is he here? I don't know. This is Rob. That's how, you know, that, okay. All right. I mean, hey, dude, 14000 you could show up and donate to that some sweet charity, by the way. Just, you know, walk in the building and go take a nap. They probably won't even make you get out on the field. But, all right, hey, listen, live, live your life. I don't want to – I don't want to judge. I, I, well, I, I do want to judge. But I, that's – it's you're not – it's not uh, end of the world stuff that you didn't show up. Hey, uh, I, I want to go back real quick because I, I, I was surprised by uh, our guy Braxton Jones I, when he was at the podium. And I, I'm like – because, you know, back to the offensive line – this you're a fifth round pick you're out of southern utah they're saying hey dude go over to left tackle you're our starter right now for the rest of minicamp so i was like i uh, hear i just i was i mean i was surprised so i asked him if he was surprised a little surprised to get this level of opportunity right now uh i'll be honest with you yeah i was i was definitely a little bit surprised um I mean, that surprise went away quick. Um, it's thrown on me, it's time to go. So um, it was just something I, you know, you got to take a, a step forward. You got to progress more quickly. Um, and I think that's good for me. It's been it's been something that's really good for me to, you know, get that speed, uh, the speed of going against guys like Roquan Smith. Like, that. that's crazy. Like, you know, just certain things like that. But, yeah, I think it's it, it's been good for sure. So the dude straight flat out admitted I'm I'm surprised as hell. I <laughs> what? You want me to be the starting left tackle? Uh, and I don't even say that that doesn't mean he can play, but they shocked the shit out of this dude. I mean, that's Yeah, I mean, fifth round pick, Southern Utah. You don't expect that, you know, the first time it's mandatory for you guys to be there that you're going to be out there with the ones. And so he's like, yeah, I was surprised. Like, and, and I appreciate his honesty. I appreciate too. all these guys being honest. I appreciate Justin Last week when he was like, yeah, hell no, we're not ready to go play a game right now. Like, no, um, I, I appreciate it. And so he was like, I'm just going to be honest with you. Yeah, I'm, I was very surprised. I got over it. But, yeah, I was surprised. And rightfully so. What else was, was he going to be? Yeah, and and right. And and shout out. I'll get one more cut from him. Uh, shout out to Cody Whitehair, who's 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 holding this dude accountable. This, this, this yeah. is the type of leadership we need. Cody, thank you. Appreciate you. Respect may be greater, but I think they're harder on me. Um, even so when maybe I, when I was taking uh, team three reps or team two reps, you know, maybe they didn't need to – that one line maybe didn't need to rely on me as much. Um, but I think they've been harder on me, and I like it like that. Um, even going against a guy like Cody Whitehair, he's, he's hard on me. Every play, he's like, come on, you got to – you know, you got to get off the ball. You got to do this. And so I think it's great for me. Um, and them getting, getting on me a little bit more is something I need. 
That's my bad. I didn't set that up right. But basically, he was asked, like, are these guys giving you more respect now that you're in there? And like, yeah, a little bit. But Cody Whiter is fucking all over me, which uh, good. I mean, that you're Get off the ball, big fella. Let's go. Like, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, if I snap the ball and I take my first step and you still lifting your head, I'm like, get off the ball. Let's go. Like, and he should hold him accountable to that every single time because every rookie tells you the same thing. It's the speed of the game that you have to adjust to first. And, you know, the sooner he can get adjusted to the speed of the game, the less we have to worry about Justin Fields getting his teeth knocked out. Right. And, hey, listen, uh, I'm trying to get you ready. Braxton's appreciating it, which is sweet. And, uh, look, the Bears, we're, we're trying to win. So I, I, I like it. I like it. A little, 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 little bit of chemistry. Uh, hey, the Windy City Bears podcast, Mondays, no more. Wednesdays at 5. We'll get, get back on Mondays once the season goes. But so we'll be back with you next Wednesday, uh, 5 o'clock, and, and maybe some special stuff coming out here. We'll, we'll be sprinkling some cuts. So hit that subscribe button. Uh, we appreciate you. A couple things before we get out of here. Uh, Herb, I don't know if you ever knew John Moon Mullen, um, uh, but uh, when, I, when I came back to Chicago in 07, I was doing – uh, I was I was an amazing play-by-play announcer for St. Edwards University. Of course, in, you were. Of course uh, you exa- were. Exactly right in Austin, Texas. Go Hilltoppers, uh, doing the hoop and and doing some softball and baseball. But so Cap brings me back to produce uh, the David Kaplan show after Wada left at, at GN, and you know I was not the most organized producer in the history of the world. So sometimes on the fly we would need someone, and every time I called John Moon Mullen, he was. The happiest dude to come on, and this guy was established. I mean, he had been in the Tribune forever, you know, and at that point he was working for NBC Sports Chicago, whatever they called it in, at that iteration. And he was always friendly, and he, and he always came on. And then when I met him in person, he treated me like I was some vet who had been around. So, uh, and the, the tributes to that dude, uh, which I'm sure everyone has seen, or if you haven't seen, I mean, he he uh, it he got all all of it came back at him of, of the type of dude that he was. And, uh, you know, he p- passed away from pancreatic cancer, people don't know. Uh, and he used the end of his life as like a, a growth moment, like mm-hmm. that he's living with this cancer. He's seeing his friends. He's speaking from the heart to him. Like, this is this is my last growth move in my life to be sort of in my feelings with my buddies. That's at least how I read it. Uh, and the people that I care about the most, family, whoever. And like, that is... That's amazing. So, uh, you know, to all the moon people out there and, and moon in the sky, pre- I appreciate you big time. Did you ever meet him or, or is that is that pre her? I, 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 I never met him. I've always been a huge fan of his work. I would only add to what you said that, you know, it was a job very, very well done and, and a race very, very well run by by moon. I think that, you know, he embodied everything that Chicago football and sports in general is right. It's tough. It's hard nosed. It's honest, right? It doesn't hold any punches. It holds people accountable. When it when you're great, we're gonna tell you you're great. When you suck, we're gonna tell you that you suck. And it's not personal. It's just an honest observation. And I think that he did that in a very very artful way that wasn't off putting, but it also didn't let anybody off the hook. And I think that you know we need more of that. So again, uh, salute to the legend uh, that is and was John Mullen. Yeah. Uh, shout out to uh, our guy, Kevin Fishbane, too, who like one of his tweets I thought was hysterical. He's he's moonsting behind him at, at Soldier Fizz, like, And he says, hey, Fish, can you can you can you uh, use a bigger font so I can get some ideas of what to write? Because <laughs> so, I just needed to hear that because I'm not the only one like what the hell? Like I just listened to three press conferences and now I got to write something or try to write something. What the hell's the angle today? I'm looking at, like, you know, I'm looking around at tweets. What are people talking about? OK, I guess this Braxton Jones comment is resonating. Maybe I'll go that direction because we don't know. Like we, yeah. we, we, we we we'd like to know what y'all are interested in. That's our job. But like there's you know, there's, you know, the the, the biggest brands out there. They do all sorts of testing on Facebook before they put out a preview. So sometimes, you know, sometimes it hits, sometimes it doesn't. But I, I just love that yeah. part of it, that he was, yeah. you know, humble enough. Authentic and honest. Right. <laughs> Make that bigger. I don't know. What right. what, what do you right. got? Maybe I can steal what something. Got going on? Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's awesome. Love it. Love it. Uh, Herb, good to be with you, man. We got uh, show official show number one in the books. So. Carm. Let's do it, man. I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be a very, very, very fun season. Glad to get this thing off the ground. Let's get going, man.
Were you a little surprised to get this level of opportunity right now? Uh, I'll be honest with you. Yeah, I was. I was definitely a little bit surprised. It is what it is, you know. So you are where your feet are, and you just got to play the ball. This program was recorded on tape for a live audience. I think it went well, you know. I mean, of course, it could have went better. But I don't think when you ever throw an interception, you want to dwell on the interception. But, um, you know, that's just, I've been doing that since, what, six, seven years old. So. I think you have to be ready for this position, and, and I think you have to listen. You said, how do I balance that? Yeah. Just do the best I can every day, I guess. I mean, I mean, yeah. I don't really understand the question. I want Quinn to do what's best for him. I don't really understand the question. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.